Testing, one, two, three. All right, I am right here. I'm ready to go. I had a little bit of trouble getting online for some reason. They changed the, um, what do you call it? They changed the, the go live stuff for Facebook for me. So I am going to set my page here and I'm going to get my notes out, which are right here. Of course, you can't see them because if you could, that would just be weird. You could preach this instead of me. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share some nuts and bolts about no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So you've probably heard that phrase a lot, that scripture out of Isaiah that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm going to read it right now. It says Isaiah 54:17. no weapon formed or forged or made against you will prosper or prevail. And that's what I'm going to look at right there because that's the part we're taking out a lot is no weapon formed against you shall prosper and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. I'm going to have four, four points. I got my trusty whiteboard behind here with me. So I'm going to actually... You're going to see my mad drawing skills, mostly stick figures. I tried to draw a sword, but I'm going to actually just draw a an arrow. So, and at the <clears throat> at the very end, I'm going to give you kind of a zoom out picture of a dream that I had years ago and struggling with the scripture because I would read the scripture, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And maybe you just take and go, yeah, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But as I saw and felt experiencing, experienced weapons that were formed against me prospering, I just had to ask, is this actually true? And I would, for days and days and months, I would ask if it was true. And, and I think once we start digging into, are these things true? And if they're not, if they are true scripturally, but they're not true to me, then what's the, what's the thing there? So what I want to do is I want to dig into that. And again, four, four points basically almost a drawing for every point point so the first point is real simple then this is going to be nuts and bolts stuff again that's why i have the whiteboard behind me and i'm going to draw some pictures but the first point is we forget this a lot that there is a weapon formed against you there is a weapon formed against you and a weapon is something that's created designed formed it's made the purpose of a weapon is to be against someone, is to inflict, inflict pain, to damage someone, to bring them physically to death, to kill them. And it's a, it's a damage or a weapon formed against you to prosper physically, financially, relationally, mentally, and emotionally. So we have a weapon formed against us right now called the coronavirus. That's kind of a new thing for us. This is all very new, and it can be confusing, and it can be scary to be the unknown. But we're all familiar with the weapons uh, that are formed against us called poverty, racism, sexual abuse, infidelity, relational problems in marriage, racism, all of those things, the weapons that are formed against us that feel and seem like they really are prospering, and the things that people use against us and the things that the world seems to just have against us, those are things that I like to put in the category of these are weapons formed against me 
to prosper against me. So again, there is a weapon formed against you that is meant to prosper against you. Now, if this weapon formed against you and the weapon's desire is to bring pain and damage and death, that should sound familiar. Because in John 10.10, 10, the enemy, it's said of the enemy, of Satan, and Jesus calls him the thief in John 10.10, 10, that he's come to kill, still kill and destroy. And that's the weapon. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to impact you and to motivate you and to move you from your place as God's child, from your place as a believer, into a different places. Now, it surprises a lot of people when I tell them that a weapon is formed against them because they don't have that. They, they, we use these scriptures. We just set it aside, and we're like, I'm going to say the scripture, and something magically happens. I almost said magically delicious happens, but I think that's a lucky charm commercial. So nothing magical happens when we say this. We've got to connect a deep belief to Scripture, and this idea that no weapon formed against me shall prosper doesn't actually work, doesn't actually have any effect. It's just something I say with nothing happening if faith isn't connected to it. So there is a weapon formed against me, formed against you, formed against your spouse, formed against your children, formed against your neighbor. There's a weapon formed against them that's intentionally designed. It's been constructed. It's been built for the sole purpose of working against you, of damaging you, inflicting pain upon you. It's, in, it's, it's formed to imprison you, to steal your hope, to steal your joy, to steal your peace. It's a weapon formed against you. It wants to silence you. It wants to silence your voice of victory. It wants to silence your praise. It wants to silence your optimism. It wants to silence your hope. It wants to silence your testimony. So this weapon has a job to do against you. This weapon, it might not be that you're imprisoned. It might not be that you're in a lot of pain right now. But even a weapon formed against us, a systemic of systemic pain that's low level, but it's killing us and it's drawing us back. It's kind of what I, th I think of, uh, kind of like the arthritis um, or inflammation that is killing us. It's slowing us down. It's damaging our heart. It's damaging our joints. It's damaging our ability to move and to have life. Yet we kind of ignore it because it's not a big pain. But there's weapons of all levels formed against us that make us want to hide, that, 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 that their sole job is to put us into hiding. And with this in mind, that, though no that there's a weapon formed against us, a lot of times we skip over to the, but it won't prosper. But I don't think we need to ignore the negative. We don't need to rush over the negative to get quickly to the positive, all right? So here comes my first, my first, chart, my first little chart here is that Here's me. Let's see how high I can go. Here's me. Here's a weapon. And it's created, and it's exactly there. It's formed against me to work against me. Now, the enemy has formed this weapon. Although the enemy utilizes every day 
common things. Car accidents, virus, everyday common things. The enemy uses those things as weapons to, against us to prosper, to do something against us, to make us um, question our faith, to open us up to things that would like actually infect us in different ways besides just the virus way. So what happens is when we have this weapon formed against us to prosper, the enemy wants us to stop believing. When we stop believing, we stop taking action. So the weapons formed against us are there for a reason. And then we stop so often loving, which is always fear which there's a lot of talk about right now about don't be afraid, like that's going to help us not be afraid. And I've got some nuts and bolts teaching, hopefully, that I'll share this week about, um, about fear and how about it's totally okay to be afraid, but then that fear doesn't stop us. But we don't stop fear by ignoring it or shouting it down or stuffing it down and by quoting scripture at it. There's actually, you know, we can see David towards Goliath. We all think he was 100% full of faith, 100% not afraid he absolutely was afraid he shares loads of fear um in uh the psalms but then he actually gets to courage all the time into loving god but but when we stop loving then we walk in fear and then we we actually start closing up our spiritual eyes and ears because we start looking at the weapon more so. And that become the weapon then becomes our focus. And so what happens in this in this what we're doing right here is we 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 often want to just jump over the mess and we miss the mess in order to get to the promise. And when we do that, we just kinda like have this answer that we don't know what it's actually connected to. We don't know actually what it what it really truly means to us. So this first point is there is a weapon formed against you. The weapon's there for it to prosper. It wants to inflict pain upon you. It wants to damage you. It wants to push you into hiding. Now, the rest of the scripture is it will not prevail. And this is the part I struggled with so much because it absolutely looks like weapons formed against us are prospering. It looks like the schemes and the wiles of the enemy are prospering against us. It looks like the weapons of, of the enemy are prospering against our health, are prospering against our mental health, and are prospering against our emotional health, and prospering against our finances, prospering against our relationships. And so it, it was a struggle for me to like come into agreement with the scripture, and I kept thinking, did God get it wrong? Am I getting it wrong? And what I came to, which I always come to now, is I am always getting it wrong. God is never getting it wrong. And I struggle with, is this scripture true-ish? Is it sort of true? Is it sometimes true? Then I kept coming back to it. It's got to always be true or it's not true at all. But someone gets cancer. They get sick. They have surgery. They die. Has the weapon of cancer prospered against that person? Has cancer prevailed? 
So you're, you're wanting, you know, your wife leaves you, your spouse has an affair, your marriage blows apart, you're divorced. Has the enemy's schemes, has his weapon formed against you prospered? Your child goes off the rails, gets into drugs, goes to prison, whatever that is. Are these not all weapons formed against us prospering? First, they feel like they're prospering. They sound like they're prospering. They look like they're prospering. We're experiencing these things in life as if they are prospering. But Scripture says that these weapons, these things happening to us are not prospering. Yet it feels, again, like they are prospering all the time. And people will even come and and look at us and see where we're at in this time when the weapon is formed against us, and they will feel bad for us because they can actually see the, the manifestation of the weapons formed against us prospering. Now, I'm going to get to kind of answering that down the road, but I want to leave that right there. So how do we... How do we take that conundrum, the contradiction of no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but I have feel and have all these experiences and all this proof that the weapons are prospering against me. And there's a tension, and mostly this is what we do, is we dive into, I'm just going to repeat this scripture, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drown out the voice that says, or the experience that I have, that the weapon's prospering. That never works long term. That, that leads us to being bitter. That leads us to really um, distrusting God. That leads to superficiality. There's another one where we just cave in and we say scripture's not true, that this is my life, this is my lot in life. This is, and then we make, start making stuff up as God wants me in this place. If God wanted me out of this place, he would do something about it. So I want us to like just sit with that struggle for a little bit of how hard that can be. So when somebody's going through a struggle and we go, woohoo, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, they know that you're full of crap. They know that that's not enough, that there's something else has got to be there. If that scripture is true, there's got to be connected to something deeper other than me saying that word as if I'm sprinkling fairy dust over the situation and everything's fine. So I feel good about my child. So I feel good about my divorce. So I feel good about my cancer. As we start making stuff up outside of scripture, using some scriptural support, but outside of the heart of scripture. So... The thing is, is the faith that we have, the confidence we have, is never in our ability to make the weapon not prosper against us, but always in God's promise that it won't prosper against us. I'm going to say that again. So our faith and our confidence is not in our ability to say something, to repeat something, to declare something, although I believe in all the declaration. The, the faith and the confidence is never in our ability to make the weapon not prevail against us, but it's always God's promises that we lean into that it will not, um, that it will not prevail. So, this is one I want to. This is going to be for number two. Uh, I think you can. I'm going to use a different color. I think you'll be able to see number two down here. Then I'll flip the page. Number two. All right. So, again, here I am. This is me. 
This is the weapon. Now you're seeing why. Why did not uh, draw a sword. All right, so there's me. There's a weapon formed against me um, that is, feels like it's prospering against me. So I can feel. I can hear. I can see this weapon formed against me prospering. I am actually experiencing... I'm actually experiencing the effects of this weapon being formed against me prospering. And so this is the tension that we're in. And, and again, we don't, we don't turn on worship music and it makes everything okay. A lot of worship music, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, a lot of our worship music, we turn it on like Fox News or CNN or the, or the TV as buzz noise in the back just to keep us, you know, we put on the Andy Griffith show, we put on something for there to be noise so we don't have to hear our own tension in our head. And part of being a mature Christian, part of just being a mature adult is being able to balance these two things at the same time is that Scripture says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I'm going to put God over here and then no weapon over here. No weapon shall prosper. All right? So what, what the, the, the contradiction or the tension demands is to resolve it, I have to resolve it that the, the Scripture isn't true or it's true-ish, or it's true for people that are better than me. If I prayed more, if I did more, if I tithed more, if I didn't eat such and such more, if I wasn't cursed more, if I, did, or if I wasn't cursed, these things wouldn't be happening to me, so I can choose that. I can choose some, some well, God, God knows where I'm at. He'll change it when he wants to. You know, he's letting it. He wants it to prosper against me sort of thing. And so what happens is we usually don't, like, endure the tension long enough to actually hear and see what God is doing and saying. So my, what I, what I do, I do it all the time, and I'll share this at the end, this dream I had. I don't know why I'm saving it to the end. I'm not really saving it to the end. That's just number four. So what happens here is I have to take what I'm experiencing what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, what I'm, what I'm hearing, and what's happening to me. And I have to, I have to look beyond all of that, and I have to look to him. And I think we fail to do that in all of our solutions, and, all, and I love seven steps and three steps and how to, all good, but it's foundationally got to be lived out of that I'm looking I'm looking beyond my situation to what he's saying and who he is and to his promises through Scripture to me and through his personal promises to me. So there is a weapon formed against you, intentionally made to prosper against you. Scripture says that it will not prosper against you, but often it feels like, it sounds like, it looks like, and we're experiencing that it is prospering against us. And then we have to lay in this tension, live in this tension in the contradiction for a while so that we can come to the actual hearing what God is saying, seeing what God is doing, and experiencing God in our lives. 
Otherwise, we just create this cycle over and over and over again. So every weapon against us slows us down, stops us, steals from us, robs from us. And it's, uh, it's something that was as usually as, uh, as Christians, we're not very good at the nuts and bolts sort of thing. So this third thing that I'm going to talk about is almost a little bit more struggle for people. I didn't realize I'm talking about a lot of things that are struggle for people because what, what we want is we want, we, want a, we want a magic bullet for that weapon not prospering against us. And the, the answer is always faith. It's always our faith. The answer is not God doing something. He's already done so much. And that's what I want to talk about this number three right here. This, this number three is it's not just God making the weapon not prosper. We're not waiting for God to make the weapon not prosper. And I know that, that sounds a little bit, um, oh, well, I thought God was in control. Or I thought he was all powerful. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But we have a part. We always have a part. We have a part. You and I have a part. I have a part. You have a part. Anytime you see a weapon formed against you that's prospering, and I'm a big believer in, in defining that weapon, saying what it is, saying what it's doing, uh, sitting in the fear, sitting in the doubt, sitting in the worry, and then not moving on from the mess uh, to the promise until that thing is taken care of, until you're clear on that, because the promise isn't very strong if you're not clear on what the mess is. So what is our part? Our part is always, always, always to believe. It's not to believe superficially. It's not to believe falsely. It's not to believe, I don't know quite how to say it. It's not to believe um, what your pastor says. It's not to believe what a good preacher says. It's not to believe what a song says. It's to believe what he is saying. Your pastor, your preacher, your songs, the things you read, they're supposed to lead you to hearing him, not reading and hearing what someone else has heard him. So whatever I'm saying now today, hear it and let it draw you to him. And then hear him in this for you about every, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So our part is always to believe. In John 6, 28 and 29. Ah, good coffee. In John 6, 28 and 29, it says, Then they inquired, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus replied, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And I, I think that that is always our work. To believe is always our good work, our best work, all the time. If you're in a time of tribulation and trial, if you're a time of a weapon that's formed against you, looks like it's prospering, believe. <clears throat> if you're pretty good in life and you want something more, believe. If, if you see somebody that's, the, the weapon of, the, the, a weapon that's formed against them looks like it's prospering, believe, start with believe. I want to read John 6, 28, 29 again. Then they inquired, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus replied, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And I really want you to hear this this morning because I think it's super important and I think that we're missing that part of faith today in so much of our church. What we're saying is do these three things, do these seven things, and do them in believing that if you do them, these three things or these seven things will help you. That's not true. That is, that, that is, that is faith in good works, faith in good principles. I believe in good works, and the right good works 
that are developed out of our belief, not developed out of our hope that these three things will work. So we have this wrong idea, wrong, wrong, wrong idea that we are waiting on God to do something. We are not. I don't think we're, I think we're rarely waiting on God to do something. I think usually it is in our hands and that in our hands part is to believe, to have faith, to dig in to what he's saying. So we're asking God to do something. God, give me peace. He's already given us peace. God, give me blank. He's already given us that. And so I wrote a short list here. He's already sent Jesus to cha- that changes everything. He sent the Holy Spirit to always be with you and me. He gave us spiritual gifts that are useful and powerful every day for the building up of others and the building up of ourselves. He gave us minds and choices that we can constantly choose him. He gave us really good minds that we can constantly choose him. And then he's given us the mind of Christ so we have constant access to all sorts of mind-blowing, life-changing information that leads to transformation. And he poured himself out, his love out into us and himself out into us. So sitting and waiting is a bad idea. Sitting and waiting for God to bring you peace during the coronavirus is not going to work really well. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peace worriers. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peace finders. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who make peace. We make peace by what we declare. We make peace by what we think about. We make peace by what we do in these days. And it's not just for the coronavirus. It's all the time. Blessed are those that make peace, not that those that go hide in a Netflix show hole. And I love that idea of the Netflix show hole. It's not the blessed are, the blessed are those who find peace in a Bethel worship set. Blessed are those who find peace in a good teaching. Yes, watch Netflix. Yes, listen to great worship music. Yes, listen to great teaching. But you have to do your work in that. You're not waiting on God to give you peace. He's given it to you. Take it up. Receive it and fight for it in the right way, which is the way of faith. Now, I'm going to give a couple. Uh, this is number three. See how high I can go up here. I think I can go up to here. Then I'll cl- conclude with um, with a dream that I had years ago, probably 10 or 12 years ago in this area. So this is us. This is God. I know God should be giant. You know what? Then I'm going to put God up here. Can you see God way up there? No, you cannot. So I'm going to put God here. What we think we're supposed to do is something like this. God. No weapon. As if God doesn't know what he said. As if God doesn't know what the agreement is. It's like, no weapon, God. Oh, God, take care of that weapon. Oh, God, no weapon. Take care of that weapon. Oh, God, no weapon. Take care of that weapon. Oh, God, no weapon. Take care of that weapon. Oh, God, no weapon. Take care of that weapon. I'm going to redo that real quick. So here's us. 
Here's God. Here's the weapon. I'm going to put it in the form of a person. What we think, this is what we think he's saying. This is what we think prayer is. And it doesn't, it doesn't generate, doesn't connect us. It's not the, the path to take. We think that we're supposed to yell and worship and pray and declare no weapon. All right? And then we say, God, take care of the weapon. And sometimes God does do that. But I think the way that he does it, I think the way that it's meant is we're supposed to speak to those mountains. We're supposed to cast out demons. We're supposed to forgive people. We are supposed to speak to those mountains. We're supposed to speak to the issue of blood. We're supposed to speak to the blind that they'll see. We're supposed to speak, declare, proclaim the kingdom of God is here. So this is the wrong way. So we have me or us. We have a weapon. We have God. All right. And God has already poured into us. He's poured into us his love, himself, the Holy Spirit, wisdom, power, anointing, all of those things we talk about. Wisdom, power, anointing, all of those things. So then we speak. We speak to the weapon. So we've already talked about this. We believe. We speak, we act, and we walk this out. And it's a powerful thing when we start doing this. There's got to be faith on our part. There's got to be faith on our part. We are not crying constantly out to God as if we're beggars, as if he hasn't done anything for us. We are speaking as his sons and daughters. In very practical, real ways, you find out how that is for you. Don't mimic someone else. We've got to believe, and this belief is we've got to practice it. We've got to be intentional in it. We have to exercise in it. It can be sloppy. It can be, it can be partially wrong. we just got to get out there and start it. We've got to risk it. And we've got to do it. And then from that faith, we begin to speak. We begin to speak what he's rising up in us. And then we begin to act. And what happens is we think that we're waiting for God to give us something more. And does he increase our anointing? Yes. Does he, does he do these things for us? Yes. But mostly, there's something within us that's supposed to rise up. Supposed to rise up supposed to rise up we're supposed to activate our belief activate our voice activate our actions we do there's an incorruptible indestructible seed birth within us that's just dying to fruit through us james 2:17 it says in the same way faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action is dead when we're crying out to God, it almost, I, I mean, I've just, I've seen so many people, I've heard so many people, <clears throat> they're crying out to God, and there's no faith in it. And I'm going to tell you why I know there's no faith, because there is no action accompanied with it. If we're truly speaking to God, if we're truly asking, if we're truly seeking, if we're truly knocking, we will find, it will be opened, and we will 
begin to speak and we will begin to act in different ways. So I want to conclude with a fourth thing here, this last thing. And I started out this whole thing with I really struggled with the scripture in Isaiah, this uh, Isaiah 54, 17 that says no weapon formed against me will prosper and and I just like I was like they look like weapons are prospering against me it feels like I have proof I have lots and lots of proof that weapons against me are prospering I have lots and lots of proof that things are prospering I have lots and lots of experiences and examples of life prospering against me of the enemy prospering against me and those I love and the people I'm praying for. And so the thing is, is how do I, you know, and I started out also with, you don't just yell at it. You don't just, you don't just like say, hey, it's not true. You don't just say the scripture, you know, like that's magical, you know, that's a magical and delicious. So you can just say that stuff. You've got to connect to something. So this is, this is what I got out of it. This is what I felt like the Lord showed me. And, um, and all of this is based on, a pursuit for a, a year or two. And I have my old Bible that my parents gave me years ago, and it has a big question mark near this scripture. And what I, what I saw is I saw myself, and I saw a weapon, a weapon prospering against me. I'm putting me weapon prospering against me and that's all i saw that's where it started is me weapon prospering against me me and a weapon prospering against me and then i saw the enemy holding that weapon it's kind of like i saw me the weapon formed against me felt like it's prospering then I saw the enemy, which gave me some clarity that the enemy's using, he's using your parents, your children, your friends, in all different ways in that hurt, the things that generate bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Those are all weapons, relationship things, uh, abuse, physical, sexual, mental, emotional abuse. He's using people's words normal everyday things the the enemy wants to weaponize those things against you to prosper as i begin to see that i begin to see all the right in here these weapons some of these weapons are people which of course we're not against people everyday life just struggles in my own self and my own personality Felt like weapons formed against me to prosper. I zoom out. I see the enemy. So there's me having my own problems. There's the weapon of the enemy. And then there's the enemy holding the weapon, working against me. And then something happened. And I, I don't have actually a, a scripture. I did find out something about Judaism. But I don't have actually a scripture to detail this. But then it's like I got another view and I saw, I cannot draw a hand. I saw the hand of the Lord in control and holding the enemy. I need a better symbol for God when I do these things. I do love teaching on a whiteboard. But God was literally holding the enemy 
that was holding the weapon that was formed against me to prosper against me. And that's how I now, with everything in life, I, I jump from me. I don't think about what I'm hearing, seeing, or experiencing. I do. I hear them and see them and experience them. I feel those feelings of, uh, that, that sort of thing. But then I, 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 I circumvent all of that in my conversation with God, and I go to him, and I'm like, there's different things I, I, I've, I've come up with in my life, like, I can't wait to see what this is going to bring. I can't wait to see what's going to happen here. This is going to be fascinating. I'm in a situation right now, and I've been in it for about three years. I'm like, people ask me, well, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm just fascinated to see what's going to happen. It didn't start that way three years ago. It was like, oh, no, the house is on fire. Now it's like I'm, I'm curious. I'm letting it, like, dig deep in. I'm digging deep in me, and it's building up something in me. But we've got to have this bigger picture. So here's me. Here's all the issues here that are in front of me. So all the things that look like they're being formed against me, all right? What, I, what I've got to learn to do, what I'm learning to do, and I want to challenge you to do, is when you talk to God, again, God being a stick figure, when you talk to God, circumvent all of those things. Mostly we see and hear and experience God through the filters of all of the things that we're afraid of, all of these things. We're supposed to just go right here, and then from here, we begin to look back this way. From here, here we get something from him that actually we start acting like we're already with him. We start acting like we are anointed. We don't wait till we get anointed. We don't wait till we get through all these things. We start acting like his children right here and right now. And in Judaism, I had read that, uh, that actually that they don't talk a lot about demons and things like that because they see the demons as just actually the demons or the enemy thinks he's doing something against us. But he's actually helping shape us like a, like, a, like a chunk of marble or a wood or something like that. That, that whatever the enemy's doing, whatever his, whatever his schemes are, he can't win. The enemy cannot win against me. We would say that about Jesus. We would say, well, Jesus had to die. You know, the enemy had the enemy known, had Satan known that killing Jesus would have changed the entire face of the universe uh, and changed everything, that he would have killed everybody who was trying to kill Jesus. He, and so the, these weapons that were formed against Jesus, they couldn't prosper, even though they looked like they prospered every step of the way until they didn't prosper anymore. So for us, it takes some, some be still and know that I am God. It takes some declaration. And I want to challenge you to walk in this way of that you are always in his hands. You are always strong enough, courageous enough. You're always good enough. You're 100% lovable. There's never a weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, our brain is screaming at us. That's not true. There's a word in the Old Testament called bit, it tastes bitter. Sometimes when we make a declaration like this, it tastes bitter. So when we say in, in, when we say in the middle of the coronavirus, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. We say it, woohoo, and we just, but we still have this level of fear. But as we confess it, as we say it, we say, I am afraid. 
yet no weapon formed against me shall prosper. What we usually do is no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but the coronavirus is here. And I've got some more, of course, I've got a lot more thoughts on this. It's something the Lord's really helped me with in this, in this area, but I've got about maybe 10 dreams in my life, and this is one of them, and uh, that's really helped me a lot in being steady, in being unafraid, or should I say afraid, but still being courageous in, in what I do. And it helps keep me clear because there's a purity of relationship that goes on when I'm with God that is not available when I'm thinking about all of these things and talking to him. But as I talk to him, then I can see more clearly. And I don't even like that he's way over here, but here's his promises maybe. And here he is right here with me. Right here, we're together, we're walking this thing out together. So I did on Facebook, I posted uh, yesterday a bunch of declarations from Steve Backlund. They're brilliant, I love them. And uh, I hope you're able to to um, to go through them, declare them, take some time every single day, longer time than you normally would while you're at home, while things are all vibrant and everything in a negative way, and Figure out what God's saying to you. Don't let the coronavirus tell you what God's saying to you. Don't let your financial situation tell you what God's saying to you. Don't let your health situation dictate what God's saying to you. All right. I love you all. Thanks. Bye.